I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 43 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. Today's episode, as always, brought to us by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. The assessments, that's the key word, get assessments, get an assessment on how you're doing in the area of swing decisions. Uh, the S2 guys are awesome at that, and, and we all know if you're if you're not making good swing decisions, Everything else is moot. Uh, today's topic is going to be our recently released 2024, gosh, 2024, top 100 college prospect list. Um, and so I, I want to be clear. This is not our top 100 2024, uh, you know, sports writer playing pickleball list. Because if that was <laughs> the case, Joe Healy would be on the list, not a participant in this discussion. As it were, Coach Healy is going to be in the discussion and as always, Kendall J. Rogers and the director of credibility at D1Baseball.com, Seif, David Seifert. Uh, gentlemen, good to see you. Top of the top of the uh, afternoon to you. How are we doing? Good day to you, Runes. Thank you. Seif, are, would you play pickleball left-handed if you played? Oh, yeah, I'm lefty all the way, for sure. Joe, and is there any advantage to be playing pickleball left-handed? Yeah, it's just like a different look. You know, it's just like a lefty reliever coming in it's like just a different look or in tennis like i play tennis too you you face a lefty server and you're you're used to the ball spinning one direction and it's spinning the other and so you just have to kind of adjust every you start to have to do everything backwards basically so um yeah i mean there is an advantage to it i mean you have to you know you have to be able to play but but yeah 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 you want no part of me in pickleball runes no problem i will say this i've never gotten used to the left-handed quarterback Oh it's, man, it, it always looks weird to me. That said, though, Kendall, a left-handed jump shooter in basketball, like I grew up, Sife, maybe you too, maybe I'm too old for all you guys, but Chris Mullen, when he played for St. Mm. John's, I mean, watching him shoot a basketball was it was like a work of art. But you're right, left-handed quarterbacks is a little awkward. There's a guy. Um, it's gone a little bit viral this week, so you may have seen it. But Long Island University, shout out to the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they have a lefty quarterback named Chris Howell. 
who throws from the lowest slot <laughs> I've ever seen a quarterback. It's like Uncle Rico in Napoleon. It really Island. is. Like, I don't know how he's like, coming he, from. Yeah, yeah he's, he's coming from waist. down below. And yeah. dude, I mean, the dude can sling it. Like he, he. I mean, it's it's he can throw for distance too. But look it up. I mean, you'll find it on on, it's on Twitter. Your like, social I don't know media how choice, but it's a complete pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, Every it, it just looks roll out bizarre yeah i mean that thing is getting not like defenders can't be within six yards of him or that thing is getting knocked down because i mean mm. it, it, all it would take is just reaching forward and batting it like like this you know like it's anyway yeah chris howell liu oh i can't wait to look him up all right boys so so we're gonna like i, I already kind of said it we're gonna talk about our the recently released 2024 top 100 college prospect list that is brought to us by our good friends at pitch logic who sponsor all of our prospect stuff um so fired up about that so so Saif, you wrote in the article well let me let me not steer the jury here give Saif, i think it's always fun for us to get a theme on where what what what's jumping out about this draft it, there's a lot of real estate between now Oct- you know not even october and next july but what jumps out what jumps off the page at you as far as as we put this the list together what's the theme of this prospect pool do you want the positive theme or do you want the kind of uh theme? Which one do you want, Runes? We can handle the truth around here, Syph. Okay. Give us the truth. All right. Well, the truth is I'm really high on the college catching class. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's five guys that could go day one. Wow. Um, and then uh, on the other hand, we have a lot of like, it's, it's a three-star average year for pitching already, but a lot of those guys – are uh, designated as orange or red. And you know what those means. Those are red cross guys. So we've got a lot of guys coming back from Um, injury um, or, you know, out for a little while already, you know, into the 2024 season. So um, yeah, positive side, a lot of good catching, I think, and negative side, the pitching and every year, you know, how it gets beaten up that by that third weekend in the, in the spring, it's kind of like, Oh man, he's out, he's out, he's out. And, uh, I don't think we can afford too many of those guys to be out this coming year to have a have to have continue with a three star class. Let me give you guys a thought, and and all any of you guys can comment on this. So, Saif, in the article you wrote, and you just kind of alluded to it, we're light on starting pitching, we're heavy on power relievers, and so when I read that, I didn't think about the injury part. Where my brain went is, you know. Oh, here we go. Like we're training for velocity. And so of course, what's our prospects list going to be? It's, you know, no one's training to be a starting pitcher anymore. We're training for like elite bat missing stuff. And um, so what we end up with is a bunch of relievers instead of some starting pitchers. So my question is, do I have to calm down on the, am I yelling at clouds right now? Or like, maybe it's the injuries are why we're hurting for starting pitchers or like, maybe I should be yelling at the clouds that, part of the way we're training pitchers now we're going to end up with prospect lists like this do you any thoughts from you guys well i just look at our top three pitchers you know and you can go either way on those guys caglione um you know he's starting <laughs> he's starting oh did i butcher the name already well Cagliari. no if you were in Come sicily Sife, that's exactly how you would say it. caglione in central illinois i think we it. say caglione well, I, have to, I think we have a rule that you have to pronounce the number one guy's name right. <laughs> I disagree. I like Caglione. That was perfect. Hey, uh, hey, Kevin O'Sullivan, let's yeah. talk about it. Well, I can tell you it goes way back. My first job out of college, I worked in the front office for a club, and uh, um, I played college baseball. His last name was spelled G-A-R-C-I-A, but he pronounced it Garcia. 
Okay. So I pronounced it Gar. So we're in a meeting talking about minor league players with the GM and the assistant GM scouting director. And I said, Garsha. And they're like, they looked at me like I was an idiot. Like, no, it's Garcia. So, so I've always butchered names. So don't even, I apologize to Jack right now at the top, but if you look at him and then you look at the next two Burns and Breck, I mean, those guys can go either way. Obviously, you know, Breck is going to go there if he can't develop some command. I mean, he's got command of the sliders. It's not the fastball. And then Burns finished the year in the pen for Tennessee. And, um, so our top three guys, you could already say, well, gosh, they profile better as relievers. I'm profiling them as starters. I'm giving them a break on the control and the command. But uh, um, I agree with you. It is it is how they train. But with that said, those three are s- superior athletes. Um, they have a starter-type delivery. Um, and I think they can develop that control that they need. Interesting. All right. Well, that's good. I, I So I feel like I'm half justified to yell at clouds. I don't know. Sometimes it's I'm getting up in age, Coach Healy. Sometimes yeah. I, just, I just want to yell at the clouds. I just, I just want, yeah. So, all right, boys, let's do this. Kendall, I'm going to start with you. So the things that I want to cover in this podcast, mm-hmm. if we can, is I want everyone to mention a favorite player. I think that's always fun when you look at the list and say, oh, that's my guy. You know, like that's the guy. I just love this player. Um, I, I want us to do a buy low, you know, and buy low is air quotes, right? Because if you're on the list, by definition, you're not low. But, um, you know, some some people that are maybe outside the top 50 on the list. Uh, but but let's just go blank check there, whatever you want to do. I want to I want each of us to talk about a school that jumped out at you when you looked at it and said, man, I thought they would have had more guys on the list or I thought they would have had less guys on the list. Um, and then finally, we say if we can at the end talk about some players that just missed because 100 is tight, right? Like that's a small list. Um, there's a lot of really good players that just missed. So, Kendall, who's who's a personal fave on this list for you? Yeah, I mean, this is this is low hanging fruit, but give me Tommy White. Uh, I, I love where Saif had him at number seven overall. Uh, I feel like he's one of those guys that I feel that some scouts can potentially overanalyze. They could look at his build and go, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about this body. I don't know if he's going to keep himself in shape at the next level. I could see people going, hey, I'm not sure exactly where he profiles the next level. I know Saif has him listed at third base. I think he's actually been just fine uh, there. Um, so I, I just like having Tommy where he has him. Uh, I, I get it. It's not a, it's not exactly a prototypical frame. But the thing about Tommy is all the dude does is hit. Uh, he, he hits home runs. He hits doubles. He, he gets on base. Uh, there's a little bit of swing and miss there, but I mean, it's it's way more, uh, you know, it's 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 way more feast uh, than famine for Tommy White. So uh, it, it shouldn't surprise anybody that I just absolutely love Tommy. Uh, you know, he's just kind of an interesting guy in general. But uh, yeah, I, I love him where he's at. He's tricky. He's I, I'm with you, Kendall. I. I love Tommy White. Like, I just, I love him as a player, but I do think him, I think of him more as a college superstar than I do a pro prospect. But I don't know, Saif, what, what do you got there? Like, if well, you can I'll hit, say you this can real hit. quick. Oh, ahead, well, I'll say this real quick on Tommy is, you know, that the knock on him at NC State, and, and Joe saw a little bit of this up close when he was at BA a couple of years ago at NC State. But, you know, the thing about Tommy is he, I felt like he hit a lot of like, just straight like middle away home runs at NC State, and I felt like it, it, at LSU, I felt like he spread. And I'd have to go back and see our, our synergy and six four three spray charts, but I kind of feel like he sprayed the ball around a little bit more, uh, or actually a lot more at LSU last year. So I did see that improvement. But I'm actually kind of curious, Sif, like what's your 
in all your years of scouting, like who who is who is Tommy White for you in the past? Man, we're we're just like 10, 12 minutes in here, and Kendall's already stole my favorite guy. So um, <laughs> that's great. I just well, I, you know what? Well, no, here's the thing. Like I knew when you had Tommy White that high that you love him. That's because right. it, it would be easy, easy, easy to look at like an ultra athletic guy like Vance Honeycutt. Granted, he didn't have a great year last year, but like it would be easy to look at some of those names between right behind Tommy and go, you know what? I kind of like those guys better. Yeah, man, I'm I'm starting to. I don't know. I've always been the traditional scout, and I still am. It's all about tools, but at the end of the day, it's about performance. And if you look, if you just look at Tommy White, I mean, it's a guy who slugs it, and he doesn't strike out. And there's not very many of those guys that are, they're only, he struck out 13% of the time last year, had 24 home runs and he drove in 105. And I know 105 RBIs, it's a counting stat. The more games you play, the more you should have. I get it. So all you data heads out there, don't drill me over that one. But the guy doesn't strike out. He walks enough and he slugs it. Um, but for me, I just like how he looks and how he plays. I mean, yes, for a comp, the best comp I could come up with was, it was Gary Gaddy. Um, you know, I mean, I want to, I want to, he plays with some fire. He plays with some, you know, some spice to him. So he got a little George Brett, but George Brett was, you know, left-handed. And, um, but like Gary Gaddy, and then he's got some, and you're going to like this one, Runes. He's got some Goose Gossage mixed in him too. And I know Goose yeah. is a pitcher, but uh, I just like Tommy White. I mean, his tools are what do they are. I mean, it's a six bat. It's six, seven power. I, he's a big leaguer. I mean, I don't know how many times he's going to be an all-star, but just look, just look at his numbers. Look at how he plays. Um a uh, huge Tommy White fan. Love it. I would also say, and I've been I've been saying this since last season, like underestimate, or let me put it this way, make assumptions about Tommy White at your own peril, right? I think people fall into, you look at the body, you look at the hair and the sunglasses and the little posing, the hit the Tommy thing. And I think a lot of assumptions get made about Tommy White. Um, he's a harder worker than you think he is. Um, he's you know, sharper than you, than you think he is. Like he's, he's a smart kid. I, I don't mean yeah. kid. To, he's a smart person. Um, and everybody I talked to said, look, he, he just has an innate ability to make adjustments on the fly. Jay Johnson told me a story about, you know, he hits a walk-off home run against Wake Forest in the college world series. Well, he had been kind of scuffling in the CWS leading up to that game. And, and Jay told me about, you know, there were a couple of swings where, you know, he's like looking in the dugout because he's pulling off so hard. And, and, you know, Jay goes to the on deck circle and says, Hey, just like, I don't care how this at bat goes, just keep your nose over the plate. Like, and however it goes, it goes, but we need to get you back to doing that. And he smashes a double into the right center gap. And then of course the, the bat bat after that, he hits a walk-off home run because he was just, he was on at that point. And Tommy was like, that's all I needed to do. But there's not a lot of hitters for whom you can say that they can make adjustments like that just kind of on the fly. It might take three, four, five at-bats to get that feel back. But for him, it was just a snap of the fingers instantaneously. So, look, I mean, there are limitations. We can sit here and, and really nitpick the defense. But, like, the dude can just hit. And, you know, he, he's more than just kind of – I think, again, you look at him and I think you make an assumption about what kind of player he is. And I just think he's continues to prove us wrong in that regard. Mm, sold yeah three compelling arguments right, right that <laughs> you could tell i was not sold but i am sold now well done boys joe give us your guy give us a personal fave for you yes yeah, so this is a double he is a, a personal fave of mine and i also just am intrigued to see what his next act is and that's vance honeycutt at unc 
I, I kind of went out of my way to choose somebody not SEC because as listeners know, I, I cover the SEC day to day. So I, I kind of tried to get out of that box. You know, a guy who, I mean, has everything you'd ever want, like out of central casting for a guy, center fielder, catalyst, all that kind of stuff. And he made some adjustments in his freshman year and really took off, right? Showed a unique power speed combination, showed that he's a true center fielder, showed all of that. And last year just kind of took a step back and at least production wise and, you know, hit 257. His strikeouts were still down. So that's good. I mean, he, he cut down strikeouts, which were a big problem for him as a freshman, but the power wasn't really there. He wasn't running as much. Um, you know, maybe there was something else going on. Maybe he wasn't hundred percent healthy. I, I don't know, whatever it was, but just the numbers weren't there. There certainly wasn't a next step. And actually furthermore, he took a step back last year. So you can see in his ranking here, I think, uh, we have him what, uh, 11, obviously that, that we're betting on it being a bounce back year. We're betting on those tools, but you know, production wise, it just wasn't quite there for him last year. So I'll, I'll be really intrigued to see what he does in 2024. Hmm. The, the athleticism for Vance Honeycutt is just absolutely – I mean, I, I think he legitimately could play college football. You know, like he could – is that that type of athlete. So, oh, that's a good one. Saif, uh, what, do you, what do you got? Give us, a, give us a personal fave. Well, I won't tell me why, but um, other, other than that, I'm just going to go to the top of the board, board and pick Jack. I mean, Jack is – he's Otani of college baseball. How can you not like a guy that hits it off – hits it over 150 miles per hour off the bat – and has touched over 100 miles per hour with his left arm, not his right arm. So, um, you know, just as far as just doubling down, he's got the tools. He has the athleticism. I mean, he has every opportunity just to become 1-1 and, and, and a Major League Baseball star. I mean, he's got the body type. He, he has everything you're looking for. Just needs to cut down the, the chase rate a little bit at the plate and throw more strikes when he's on the mound. Love it. Uh, Joe and Kendall and Saif, you do this too. I'm going to set the over-under for home runs next year for Jack Caglione at 34.5, which is a massive number. But he just put up a massive number. What did he hit last year, 32, 33? I'll look it I'm up. i say 33, we're... right? Yeah. yeah, 33. Now, again, they played You know, they played a lot of games, right? They went to game three of the finals. But, uh, Kendall, what do you got on that? 34.5 over-under home runs for, for Jackson Caglione. I'll say under. I mean, 33 homers is absolutely ridiculous. And I think I think either teams will pitch him a little bit smart. That's not to say, like, Jack will make adjustments. But I think teams will either, A, pitch him smarter, or teams will just pitch around him. You know, it's, it's kind of like I think back to, you know, the torque days to where, like, teams, like, for whatever reason, ego, whatever, they would just still pitch to him. And then, they, and then, you know, teams finally realize, hey, maybe, like, I shouldn't just pitch to – to torque every single at bat and kind of the same thing with Melendez. If you remember Melendez by the end of his career, the teams were starting to walk him a little bit too. Joe, would you, would you go with, or what are you going with? Screw it. I'm going over my, my <laughs> inclination was to go under because to Kendall's point, hitting 33 home runs is just, that's such a high bar and to clear. And we're, we're, yeah, we're assuming he doesn't miss 10 games with a, you know, a, a strained, whatever. Right. I mean, yeah. So, but Man, it's more fun to go. It's it's more fun to go with over. So I'm going. Whatever, yeah, the strain whatever is a tough one. That's a tough <laughs> one. You got to be careful. Um, whatever. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like what they say about sports betting. Like no one wants to bet the under because that's not fun. So I'm going to bet yeah. the over. I'm going to bet the over on home runs. Love it, Saif. What are you doing? What are you going with here? 
I'm going the under. I, I still think he'll have around 30. I just think he's going to raise his batting average significantly, 50 points. Um, so I think that's going to drop his power a little bit. Um, I think he might be – I mean, they all try to adjust what they're doing to become better and help their team more, but at the same time, there's certain numbers that the draft favors. And I think if he can, uh, uh, you know, just raise his batting average – he doesn't strike out a ton. It's only 18%, so it's not like it's over 20. But uh, just lowers chase, chase rate a little bit. I think he'll be pitched a little more carefully. Um, but I'm just going to go – if you gave me the over-under is 30, I would have went uh, – or 30 point. 29.5 would have went over, but uh, yeah. 34.5 is a little too much for me. I'm boring. Could, I mean, As Joe would you say, could, I'm boring. You could make the compelling argument, too, for the under because he's – I mean, look, Wyatt Langford's like five minutes from the big leagues already. Um, you know, so you could make the argument not having Wyatt Langford, not having Josh Rivera. Mm. Like, you know, and now, granted, they're getting Colby Shelton. So, like, Florida will be fine. But – you know, you can look at, look, he, he had a big leaguer in Wyatt Langford hitting right around him. And and so maybe not having that um, changes the game a little bit, but we'll see. I th- I'm taking the over because it's fun, like you said, Joe, but it will be, it, it's going to, oh, this I is going to be a fascinating, yeah, it's going to be so fascinating because the, um, the walks are, you know, he walked 17 times in 320 plate appearances last year. Like he, he's got a little Tommy White in him where he won't let you walk him. And he's got that crazy power. Like any ball that Jack Caglione gets airborne has got a chance to be a home run. But, you know, at some point, he's got to take walks, right? Like you, like teams are going to start throwing in the dugout at this point. Like, I don't know why you would pitch to him. So, yeah, that like that push and pull there will be fascinating. Hey, we haven't, we didn't really talk about it very much, but like, Saif, where do you see him potentially p- pitching at the next level? Like, what does he need to do? I mean, obviously the, the secondary command is not great, but like what else do you see from him pitching wise that can allow him to actually pitch at the next level? I think just more strikes, just pound, yeah. pound, pound the zone even more. I mean, he walked, what he walked 55 guys and mm-hmm. 75 innings last year. That's not going to, you know, that's going to put you, it's going to put you in the bullpen. It's not going to put you as the number one starter, but uh, yeah, just fill up the zone more. Yeah. It's really weird. I saw him pitch against A&M and college station last year in a series or a series of four to lost. And like Jack came out like on fire, like the first two innings, like it was, it was like, Hey, like, hell yeah. Like, this is what I'm here for. And then all of a sudden like walks four hits. I think he gave up like eight runs or seven runs or something in like two innings. And like, that's how quick, like his, his outing change was like, he went from, you mm-hmm. know, awesome to just a wagons, you know, wag, wagon wheels flying off the axles. And it, that's just kind of the way he rolled. Yeah. He's not a confident pitcher to me. Like he, he looks confident in the batter's box and in fairness to him, you know, he, he had Tommy John his senior year of high school. So yeah. in theory, he's missed two seasons of pitching um, or at least parts of two seasons. So, but I, 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 like my concern to your point, Kendall, is he just doesn't look like a, he, be, he's a believer on the mound at the, you know, as a hitter, he looks very confident. Um, but, but who knows like things, you know, Guys yeah, I mean, your worst case all. scenario in CAGS is that he's a reliever in your organization that can throw 97 from the left side, and that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. He's the worst worst case scenario is he's a big league hitter, and then you can use him when you have to use a position player pitching and just say, Correct. hey, you know what, just go in there and throw 90. At that point, he probably won't yeah. throw 100. But yeah, it's just not throw it's 95 not, mile yeah. an hour seeds and see what happens. Yeah, it's not the Astros bringing in Kyle Tucker to close out a game on the you know on the end of a road trip. Yeah, yeah. gotta love it. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. 
Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Uh, quickly, boys, my favorite player on this list is Charlie Condon, who I believe is 13th. Mm. And just I just love his story, right? He's, he gives me kind of Ryan Zimmerman vibes because he's this, like, big right-hander. He's bigger than Zimmerman. Maybe not. He's, like, listed – Condon's listed at 6'6", 210, You know, I just love the thought of this kid is going to be – you know, he's tracking to be a first-round pick after didn't play – didn't get one single at-bat his freshman year at Georgia – goes to the Northwoods League and grinds it out. Um, you know, positionally, he's pretty limited, it seems like. But he doesn't seem like a stiff. He seems like a fairly athletic guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just went off last year. I mean, three almost hit 390 with 25 jacks in the SEC. Um, you know, very much was in the SEC Player of the Year conversation. Um, you know, and, and he could have gone anywhere. He stayed at Georgia. Um, which I think is cool, right? Like he stayed at Georgia not knowing who his coach was going to be. Like that's how much he likes that university. That's cool, right? Like that's – that's. Uh, I wouldn't have judged him if he transferred, certainly, with not knowing who his coach was going to be. But I think it's really cool that he stayed. So, yeah, Charlie Condon, I, I was super pleased to see him on this list. What a, what a cool uh, – you know, talk about 18 months have changed his life considerably. So – uh, boys, let's do the buy low category. Kendall, I'm going to come back to you. Give me a buy low on this list. Somebody that um, is, you know, wherever, not in the top 25 that you really like. Ooh, can I get? Can I give you two of them? Is yeah. that okay? Yeah, because we're sure. back to back. Um, 
I think I don't know if it was Saib Joe or Aaron that saw him over the summer, but I continue to get a lot of really good reports on Sawyer Hawks. Uh, uh, you know, for starters, like people are saying, oh, he's the next Paul Skeens. Like, let's tap the brakes a little bit here on that because he's not anywhere near Paul Skeens in terms of velocity. But I mean, yes, he is a pitcher transferring from Air Force with a lot of talent going to Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I've gotten some, you know, pretty good reports on him beyond what we've written. Uh, and then the other guy for me that's kind of fascinating, frankly, uh, is Chris Cortez at 79 from AM. Uh, you know, I was I was talking to a friend of mine who covers AM and was out there practices the other day, and he was actually commanding like 98 100 uh, with like a 94 mile an hour slider. I think it was like a 93 94 mile an hour slider. If Chris Cortez can improve his command a great deal, like not only can he be a top 50 guy, I think he can be a, a first round kind of guy. Like it is a big arm. He's He's got a sturdy build. Like he's he's built up a little bit. He's got some size on him, but command has been his bugaboo, but the, the, the arm strength is undeniable. So I'm very curious to see if Cortez and, and new pitching coach Max Wiener can kind of figure him out uh, in the spring. Mm, good ones. Joe, who do you like here as a buy low? Brandon Neely at 67, mm-hmm. right-hander Ooh. from Florida. Um, you know, you look at – and this is not – let me start by saying this. I understand why he is where he is, right? There, there's – right now he is a reliever, a very good one, but a reliever. He's right-handed, not left-handed. Um, but you look at some of the other pitchers that are around him in the rankings, and he's got more certainty than a lot of them, right? I mean, we've seen more from him than we've seen from Hunter Elliott. Now, that's not Elliot's fault. Like, he got hurt. Same with Gage Jump, who's around that same spot. You know, he's right around Nate Dome. And I, I like I like Brandon Neely more than Nate Dome, what we've seen from him. So, um, and look, here's the thing. Like, he's got a pretty high floor because I think we saw it last year as a reliever. If The thought is he's going to move to the rotation for Florida. And I think we for, – I forgot. Let me just throw myself in this bucket. Like, he started a pretty decent amount as a freshman, 10 games for Florida as a freshman. So there's not zero track record of him starting. It's limited, but that's not zero. If he can show the type of stuff that he showed last year as a reliever and move to the rotation, a big if. History is littered with guys who couldn't do that. But if he can keep his stuff, be a successful starter for Florida, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's, who's going to be a lot higher than 67 on this list when we start to actually get into games uh, next, next spring, because if if the stuff is there and he's a starter, we're talking about a a totally different guy. Joe, what's the odds on him starting? Would you put it at 50, 50 or what the vibes you're getting? It's way higher than that. Uh, Yeah. Better than 50, 50, better than 50, 50. So they really want him to be in that. Yeah. I I think there are, I think their rotation like is by default is going to, to be like some version of Cade Fisher, Brandon Neely, Jack Caglione, Um, you know, so now there are other guys, you know, freshman Liam Peterson is an interesting piece. Like they got him to campus and I've actually heard he could close. So we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, we know, we know how this goes. It's, we sit here in September and talk about it. it could be very different once we get to the spring, but, but I, yeah, I would, I would bet much higher uh, chances than 50, 50 that Neely's a rotation guy. And the other kid uh, did, did Pierce Coppola or Coppola, however you say it, did he make our list or he's, he didn't because he's been hurt for two years. So he's not, on here i didn't even he did not yeah yeah okay. so he's yeah. another wild card i suppose that, yeah absolutely you know, yeah in theory he's a starter yeah that's a good one uh safe how about you buy low well i'm gonna stay on that left-handed college pitcher uh you just mentioned coppola but uh, i just think devin putrell from vanderbilt i saw him this summer uh during the usa national team uh trials 
And I know he's just a 90-92, very vanilla lefty, uh, you know, fair break. And I guess near average breaking ball and near average changeup. But just look at the guy's numbers. I mean, it, Vanderbilt in two years, he's been a starter since his freshman year. Starter again last year. He's a career 343 ERA, a 344 ERA like his freshman year and 341 his sophomore year. He's a winner. Strikes out one guy in inning and, and gives up less than one hit per inning pitch. 6'5", 200. I just think if this guy just goes out and gains two, three, four miles per hour, like many guys do from a fall to the following spring, Hunter Owen, for example, um, I just think he goes from, you know, fourth, fifth round pick to second, third round pick because he's left-handed, because he wins, um, because he strikes some guys out, and most of all because he's, he's consistent. He's athletic. He's got a loose arm. I just like Futrell a lot. And I know somebody else on this call or this podcast pushed him down. I won't say who, but uh, um, there's a reason There's a reason he's he's down at number 83. But I think at the end of the day, Futrell is probably a – late two early third round pick um and then the other thing is i just like there's a really good like i said there's a good group of college catchers this year but there's also a lot of good left-handed pitchers at least right now but a lot of them are injured or coming off injury like gage jump hunter elliott jack finley we mentioned capolo earlier so i just think um you know jared spencer from indiana state's another one but i just think at the end of the day uh the lefties had the injury bug last last year for sure um, and if it happens again, I think Futrell, who's been healthy his entire career, uh, making 14 starts, you know, each each freshman and sophomore year, um, I just think he jumps up the board. And then my other guy, I got, I'm going to have two as well, but it's being a quick one. He's not really that low, so I'm not sure how much I would buy. But at number 33 is Walker Janik, the catcher from Sam Houston State. Really like him. Saw him for the first time last year. I think Kendall saw him at Round Rock the second or third week of the season. Then I saw Walker at the WAC uh, tournament. Then I saw him again in the Cape, and this guy's for real. Athlete behind the plate has a chance to hit, um, can already catch, can already throw. Uh, top pitch framer in the Cape Cod League this summer. So Walker Walker Janik would be my uh, 1B. Love that. Kendall, uh, do you want to defend yourself on Futrell? You're muted if you if you want to. Uh, I didn't no, say I was, just, I was just saying side picked uh, Yannick just to make Joe happy since he's a proud Sam Houston State graduate. And State is a Bearcat. Yannick had options this offseason. Like, certainly people were – I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that I'm sure he had people curious about whether he would transfer. I will say this about Futrell. I am also a Futrell doubter, Sife. Like, I like him, don't love him is how I'd say it. But but I'm going to call myself out on this. My, my um, issue with Futrell was he was their Tuesday guy as a freshman and dominated – and then they moved him into the weekend rotation. He got blasted twice. You know, he had a, over a 12 ERA in the SEC as a freshman. So I still am carrying that dead body around with me. But last year, <laughs> he made 10 SEC starts and pitched brilliantly, right? Like, his ERA was like 3.7. So I need to – I need to uh, – what's the word? I need to update my systems on Devin Futrell. <clears throat> Saif, where do you like to see guys from a chase rate standpoint, pitchers? Yeah, you know, that's a number, Kendall, I really don't dive into much, to be honest with you. Gotcha. More on the hitter side. Was, like the- well, I was just going to say Futrell has a, his fastball, according to our partners at Synergy, has a has a uh, chase rate of 33%. And his changeup actually has a 36% chase rate, which from all the pitchers I've looked at, that's that's pretty good, comparatively yeah. speaking. I've got I'll get I'll share it with you guys eventually, but I've got not eventually, but as soon as we hang up. But I've got the the, the guys at Synergy, or maybe it was the guys at six four three gave me averages for that 
because that way you have a little bit of context for college. Oh, that'd be you know, great, pitchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, because you're right, Kendall. Like that 36% chase rate for free trail on the changeup. Like if the if the rate is average of 24%, you look at that, you're like, wow, that's way above average. So the context matters. Boys, my buy low. I had a couple thoughts, but let me do Rodney Green Jr. of Cal. He's only at 43. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like he's right there. But I'm getting a little Chase Davis vibe there, where he's so good if he can just make more contact and not have teams scared off about the swing and miss rate. I mean, this dude is awesome in center field, left-handed hitter, easy power. I'll tell you the other thing I love about him. He's a great base runner, not a good base runner, like instincts and fast. Um, I just, I think he's got so much more upside there. He swings and misses. Like that's a thing, you know, like that's just like it was for Chase Davis. Honestly, Um, he doesn't have Chase Davis's arm that I'm aware of. Um, I mean, Chase Davis had like a 70 arm. I, I'm almost certain he doesn't have that. But, man, I, I, I look at Rodney Green Jr. as a big leaguer. Um, if he can make more contact, I look at him as a first rounder. So very good. Uh, Ken, I'm going to come back to you. Here, here's, I think, something that's fun. You look at this list and you think, man, that school, I didn't realize. Like this list changes the way I view that school. Maybe not oh. dramatically. But yeah, go ahead. What's 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 a school that jumped out at you as you looked at this list, Kr? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a again low hanging fruit, but like I was kind of blown away. Vanderbilt had eight guys. Yeah, like I kind of think as you look ahead of next year, like I felt pretty good about Vandy, but I felt better about probably three or four other teams. And now you're kind of looking at Vandy. You're taking a step back and going, wait a second, like they've got eight guys in this list. Uh, you know, m- maybe I need to be taking a deeper dive into the Commodores. So. It's just really interesting in, in a time that I feel like, you know, with, with Jay Johnson making moves in the, you know, making moves in the portal, all these, you know, A&M getting Brady Montgomery, you know, so many people are talking about the portal Kings and there you got Tim Corbin who, you know, people, I would say people, I wouldn't say people dismiss him, but they don't maybe hold Vanderbilt as high as regard as maybe they did three or four years ago. And I kind of feel like this is a team that if you just, you know, you know dig deep on them, they could be very, very good. Yeah, I love that. By the way, I want to say something about this list that it blew me away. I didn't even know it was this way. You can sort our list on the website by position, by rank, Mm -hmm. by conference, by school. So, I mean, this like the capabilities of the website are just absolutely awesome. Um, So if, if, you know, if you're interested in a conference or a team, you can just sort it and it'll it'll list it like that. It's really cool. Can I get two or are you going to limit me to one? I'm going to limit you to one, but on the, on the flip, yeah. we come back around if there's, if no one takes your second. Yeah. I think somebody's going to take what I was going to say. So go ahead. So yeah, I think Sive's going to be uh, exhibit one on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, who are you taking? Well, first quickly on Vanderbilt. Cause I was going to build off that. Um, I, I've been kind of now the cat is out of the bag at this point, but I've been kind of telling people this since the end of last season that yeah, like yeah. 2024 seems like a Vanderbilt year. And I think that's really interesting because look, I'll be blunt about it. People were starting to like, they maybe weren't shoveling dirt on the grave of Vanderbilt as like this power in college baseball, but they were holding the shovels, you yes. know, like there was a lot of talk of like, uh, can Vanderbilt Shovel do this without? Yeah. Yeah. They were definitely pricing them, you know, like they were holding <laughs> them in the store and like trying to figure out like, you know, do we go with the fiberglass or the, you know, so 
because they were like, well, Vanderbilt's not portaling. And in this version of college baseball, you probably need to be in the portal. And, and, you know, look, Vanderbilt did more of that this off season than they've, than they've ever done. So, but I, I've just always kind of been dismissive of that thought about Vanderbilt because it's like, you're telling me that, you know, this guy who in Tim Corbin, who got this program where it is and has done a very good job of, you know, finding advantages and, and finding leverage, you know, in, in terms of getting his program where it is, is just going to ignore some of these things. Like, no, he's going to do it his way and they'll figure it out. And lo and behold, now they have to do it in 2024, but I'm consider me intrigued by Vanderbilt as a potential national title, you know, level team. Um, the team that stood out to me is actually Florida state just because they've got a handful of guys in this team. And you, you look at how frankly bad they were last year, but you've got, you know, Cam Smith who had a, big summer people are really excited about him you've got Yoel Tejeda which is a you know is a little bit of a lottery ticket for them right but like the stuff is excellent and and so you're betting on that and you know James Tibbs who really productive hitter um you know on the list so the fact that they have three guys in this list coming off of the year they had suggests that look you know I'm not sure of what their ceiling is in 2024, but it's not necessarily going to take a miracle, unlike anything we've ever seen, for Florida State to at least be a postseason level team again in 2024. Mm, very good. Saif, who do you like here? What's the school that jumped out at you? Well, I think, you know, when we put the list together, it's not like we we do it favoring certain schools. It just kind of sorts itself out. And, you know, to Kendall's point, they have eight in the top 100, um, but their top guy is 22 with Carter Holton. Mm-hmm. So with that said, Wake Forest obviously sticks out. They have five of the top 25, including, what, three of the top 10. I mean, that is – Winston-Salem is going to be the place to be uh, this year for scouting directors and just to see high-end talent. So Wake obviously jumps out. Um, and then the ones that jump out, like, where did they go, is kind of a collective between Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, and Ole Miss – those four teams only have one guy in the top 100. And again, we don't go into this looking like this team has yeah. to have this many and this team this many. That's just how it ends up. And I understand the Alabama. I understand the Georgia. But South Carolina and Ole Miss were just, uh, you know, hopefully they uh, impress us and prove us wrong in the spring. But uh, just for each of those four SEC schools, good baseball programs only, programs only have one guy. That was That was surprising to me. Yeah, it is. It, it, that becomes very interesting. Hey, Kendall, I'm going to mention three, but if I'm going to do it very briefly, so if my three includes one of yours or your, your second one, just expand on it. So Iowa jumped out at me. I, I'm stealing that from you, Kendall. I've heard you mention them many times. Iowa stands out because it's three guys. Think about those SEC schools that Sife just rattled off and they had one. Iowa's got three and they're all pitchers, which really blows me away. Texas A&M jumps out at me because they have four dudes on this list who are all pitchers, sort of. I mean, I'm, Braden Montgomery is, in theory, a pitcher. And I just I perceive A&M as having pitched very, very poorly last year, given their standards. You know, Nate Yeske is no longer their pitching coach. He's at LSU. Max Wiener jumps in here. But LSU having four pitchers, or uh, A&M having four pitchers on there, really is interesting to me. I mean, the, the raw materials are there. The other one that I thought was really cool was Texas Tech from the Big 12. You know, they've got three dudes on this list. They've got an arm in Kyle Robinson, who's probably their Friday night guy. And they've got two middle-of-the-order bats in Gavin Cash and Kevin Bazell. It's like, I, you know, we're all worried about Texas Tech because the standard's so high and Mason Molina and Hudson White are gone. But, I mean, if you told me, like, random Team X has a 
Friday night guy and two middle of the order bats on this list, you'd say, well, I really like that starting point. So was your team any of those three, Kendall? Uh, It was Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool, right? Three pitches. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, to have, you know, Iowa's program, you know, mentioned alongside some of the teams that had the same number of, you know, prospects is pretty impressive. And, you know, I think we all – you know, hold Rick Heller and his staff in very high regard. It would be very cool to see those guys make a run and get to Omaha. But, again, you know, those three arms are going to have to be more consistent. I mean, if you look back at last year, there were no doubt those three guys, uh, you know, had had big-time arms. But they were also, if you look at their kind of game-by-game breakdown, they are also kind of a little bit a little bit of a roller coaster at times. So they're going to need to be more consistent because they're, what they're not going to do is sneak up on anybody. Everyone's going to know that Iowa's going to be pretty good. Yep. Uh, boys, let's do, let's wrap with this. Um, guys that just missed the list, all, you know, like I, I, we all reached out to scouts for this list and, you know, I had a couple scouts said, Hey, it's a good list. And, you know, we know a ton can change between now and July. Um, Saif, I'll start us out. Two names that on the West coast for me, Ryan Campos, the catcher at Arizona state, he's a tricky prospect. He's not very physical, but he can really hit. Can he stay at catcher? I don't know. You know, like, He's just he's an intriguing prospect, but man, he can really hit for a guy that's not overly physical. The bat to ball seems extreme. And then Cody Schreier, the shortstop at UCLA, he's another guy that injury issues at the end of the year kind of cast some shade on his prospect status. Um, Kendall and Joe, you guys can go after Sife, but Sife, any other guys that just and when I say just missed, I mean, like they're right outside the top 100. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on Schreier, um, you know, just between the injury and the performance. I mean, it hasn't been off the charts or anything, So, but definitely him. And then the guy I saw at the uh, Stillwater Regional, really intrigued with, he just missed the top 100, Brooks Fowler. He is a right-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. um, low 90s fastball, low 80s breaking ball, above average changeup. I mean, he's athletic, starter delivery. They said he's a two-way guy, but he never two-wayed it last year. Um, but I think he will this year just because they lost so many seniors, so many good seniors out of their lineup. So Brooks Fowler is kind of my, my uh, just missed click to pick. Kendall, any just missers um, that, that jump out at you? Yeah, I'm curious to see. I, I can't remember if it's Joe or Aaron going to Ole Miss this fall, but I'm very curious to see what they see out of Tracy Hughes. Um, you know, if you look at his look at his production last year at Mercer, 386, 1152, 47 walks compared to 35 strikeouts. Um, the, the measurables are really good at 6'3", 185. A- everything kind of like a few boxes get checked for me when I read when I read all those different things. So I'm very curious to see what the reports are on him this fall because he's one of those guys that, you know, if he if he has this type of production, I'm not going to say 386, but let's say if he hits 320, 330 with power production in the SEC, uh, with those those measurables, he's probably better than a 110 prospect, but we'll see. Yep. Joe, what do you got? I'm going to go with Jared Jones at LSU, not necessarily because I'm enamored of him, although I think he's an extremely interesting player, but also because I think what is in store for him in 2024 will have a lot of bearing on what LSU ultimately is. He's an interesting product. We talked about him in our internal conversation that we have, our internal chat at D1. And just He's going to be an interesting guy because you know, he was technically a catcher coming out of high school, but he's not going to catch on this team that has – Brady Neal and Hayden Trevinsky and Alex Malazzo. Um, and one of those guys is probably also going to have to play first base. So like he's, you know, he, he might be relegated to DH. And so if you're going to be a DH, you better really hit to impress some people. 
Um, and he did some of that last year, but by the end of the year, he wasn't really one of LSU's, you know, I was, I was in Hoover. I was obviously in, in, in Omaha and didn't see a lot of Jared Jones. And so mm-hmm. they had kind of moved off of him by the time that the, the business end of the season came around. But if LSU is going to be the best version of itself, he's going to have to be good this year. And he's not alone. I think you can lump in Paxton Kling and, and Brady Neal into that group of like that. Those are going to have to be the guys for LSU this year if they're going to be as, as good as they want to be. Yeah, boy, he's large. I mean, Jared Jones is larger than life. That is a massive kid. Uh, gentlemen, that was well done. Let, let's let's wrap it there and we'll keep it tight. Uh, for the listeners, a couple um, homework items for you. We always enjoy you rating and reviewing us uh, on the uh, podcast apps. Tell us a little bit about yourself, high school mascot, little league, uh, what number you wore, you know, whatever. Um, uh, also, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, please. Uh, and then uh, finally... Kendall, uh, fall. T- so, so if you want, fall 20. T- yeah, 20% off on an annual subscription to sec extra or, um, D one baseball.com with fall reports right around the corner. Some great stuff on the website right now, even some fall nuggets that Kendall's putting out there. Joe did some for the sec yeah. today. Yep. Absolutely. Two codes that, that one would work. One won't work. Uh, the first code is fall 20. We'll get you 20% off fall 20, get you 20% off. Uh, another code you could try carrots are in first place. Heck yeah. <laughs> carrots are in first place. Heck yeah. I don't know what kind of discount that gets you, but man, it feels good to say it out loud. Uh, I will say that the, the marketing side of me would say that that coupon code is too long. <laughs> We're going to run out of digits. Just type it in just for fun. It'll make your, 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 your heart will sing. Your, it'll, it'll fill your soul. Uh, carrots are in first place. Heck yeah. But fall 20 is probably a better uh, better choice there. Uh, thanks to our friends at Pitch Logic and S2 Cognition. Uh, and that is it. Uh, appreciate it, everybody. Have a great week, and we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.